much horror business driving late at night. Psycho 78. I yes. Greetings and salutations. My name is Justin Lore. I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you are listening to episode 47 of Horror Business. That was a magical note that I hit, by the way. That was magical? At least one person's cat freaked out when they were listening to that. Unless you listen to headphones. I guess some people listen to podcasts. It sounded like you were falling down a well. Well, I was falling down a well. Interesting. A well of emotion. A well of motion. That's what I said. I'm sorry. Yes, that's a bad Ron Burgundy joke in 2018. What? No. A well of emotion. Yeah. Well, you mean to I... tell me that wasn't? You, you mean to tell me that wasn't a riff on "I'm in a glass box of emotions"? No. It's whack. It was. It was. It was not. way. Don't was. tell me when I'm referencing Ron Burgundy. Some of us have watched films since Anchorman came out. You apparently haven't, because you just made a joke about it. Oh my god. I'm the one who's watched films since Ron since Anchorman came out. <laughs> what's oh uh, no that's a bad thing to ask because you probably seen a budge what's that i was gonna say what's a what's a contemporary comedy film that you've patronized since uh since that old anchors man's came out did you see that wasn't there a sequel i don't know if i saw the i didn't sequel. watch the sequel no i didn't watch uh i don't know the last fucking what movie did i watch that was like oh like the world's end I don't know. That's the last comedy I watched. Contemporary <laughs> comedy. I don't know. I believe that is at this point four years old, five. Years I don't know. Old. I'm not. A, I'm not a. I'm not a comedy person. Okay. I I'm very it. grim you and dour. You hate jokes and laughter. You're so much better than. I didn't say that. You said that. Sheeples. I didn't say that. Laugh at things. I just don't have any joy, and I can't find myself laughter. <laughs> you 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 subject yourself to the comedy first, and then the joy comes. I don't have the strength in me to do that. So today, we are talking about the masterpieces <laughs> of of a masterpiece, because I would say that Lumberto, Lumberto Bava, Lumberto Bava is Mario Bava's masterpiece. <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, my son is my greatest work. I, I, I would actually he's Russian. He's Russian that, too. that he does that. Oh yeah, he's like, he looks at his son, he's like, in his will, he's like, I leave 99% of all my assets to Bay of Blood. 0.5% to my mistress. He's now back to being Russian and 0.5 to my son, Lamberto. We're doing demons and demons too. <laughs> That's how I got there. We're doing demons, like demons, demons. You did this, the dramatic beat of taking your glasses off. Cause I'm all sweaty. <laughs> Why are you so sweaty right now? Cause I'm talking about Lamberto Bava. It is weird right now in the Valley. I if you if you had come into the house to record tonight and been like, there's this weird mist coming up coming up the hill. It's strange, and and it's, I think there's something in the mist. Yeah, I would believe because it's it is right now descending towards the 60s. Like we're in the 70s right now. Yeah, it's descending towards the 60s, and yet it's still like stick. Balls, or I, I shouldn't be gender specific. It is genitalia stickiness. Yeah, it's flesh sticks your to flesh other flesh. Is getting is getting all kinds of rude with yourself. In yeah, this, in this sort of humidity, but it's not warm. No, it's just gross. It's just like it's ju- it. it's it's like super humid, and it's just warm enough to be like ugh. But that's whatever. This isn't a weather podcast. <laughs> it should so, be. That would be the most boring podcast in the world. <laughs> 
I would suggest that a horror podcast about the weather is is going to be both relevant and not boring within the next twenty years. No, that'll just be called existence. It's not a podcast. It's everyday it life. Be. I'll be like, all right, guys, let's talk about how the ways that uh, global warming has fucked us today. Yes, I'm sorry, Maeve. Sorry, I brought so, you into this world. Yeah. Goodbye, goodbye, New Jersey. Yeah, that's, that's gone. Goodbye, us too. <laughs> we're not going to fare much better. I know. I'm just saying. Eventually, well, we're up a hill right now. Yeah, but I mean, it's downtown Easton, though. Oof. Huh. We'll need a bridge from South Side to College Hill. How about it? That would actually be awesome. <laughs> No, I like the bayou. No, I don't actually like the bayou. I just is the first restaurant I could think of. Sorry. Ugh. Uh so yeah, we're talking about Demons and Demons 2. Um produced by Dario Argento. Um But before we get on to Demons and Demons 2, we should let you know that this episode is brought to you like all our episodes by our beloved and 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 precious and 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 merciful and bountiful Patreon subscribers, just like you. Yeah, and if, and if you think I'm talking to you, I am talking to you. Shout out to um, who's on there? Well, there's uh, Matt Snyder, and there's uh, Josh, and there's uh, Bruce Park, uh, Evo Tomas, Evo Tomas. Uh, who else is on? Who else is on the old the old Patreon? I don't have access to it. Jim Haku. Uh, oh yeah, do you actually not have access to the Patreon? I don't know. I should get you access to the Patreon so you can see who's actually there. Yeah, I could, I could, it's, like, it's, it's not it's not a huge amount of people and we would love for there to be more people but the people who do it we appreciate you and i know since we launched we launched patreon at this point like three years ago was it that long already no maybe two years but okay it's been a while and we have offered exactly zero patreon exclusive content if we were to take it all together and put it together and then sell it for a, a penny We'd owe someone five dollars. Is basically what I'm trying to our say. Our Slack, our our Slack channel is full of like discussions about this. How how we we can do? Well, so what I, we can do here's for the it. thing. Since we switched to Slack, I have every few months been like, "Hey guys, we should talk about Patreon and like putting stuff on Patreon." And the response is usually um, the internet equivalent of like a slow jerk off motion. Not even like a normal jerk off motion, but like a real slow one that yeah. lets you know, like I don't care about you. And then I brought it up again the other day, and all of a sudden. I think it's because I had an idea. I think no one had any ideas. And so I was like, well, we could do something like this. And then now everyone's got ideas. It's like you had, it's like I had to like put a chin, put it, put like a little, a little hole in the dam. And now all of a sudden it's like gushing out. I've always said we should do, do we should do a round table of all the podcasts and talk about something. Yeah. Well, but we're not, no one's executed. We got to execute on this thing. Well, big up, I will say big up to Nick Spachek, who is uh, not, technically um one of our podcasters he's one of our writers he has a podcast i'd like him to move it to us but it just hasn't happened yet but big up to nick because um nick is a unlike the rest of us nick is an actual journalist yeah while we're all kind of this is this is like fun time this is like a guy who builds a deck and then he's like i'm a carpenter and you're like well uh, you know we're, we're not actual journalists yeah nick has gotten paid for things he writes uh, but he usually is a music journalist. Yes, he writes about movies for us, but he does a lot of a lot of music stuff. So he's got a fuck ton of these old interviews that don't exist anywhere. So he's just going to start putting some of those up on the Patreon. That would be for great to hear. That would be great. So if you want to hear those interviews and you want some other cool shit through Patreon, we're going to talk about shit. You can go to www.cinepunks.com 
and there's information on there on how to subscribe to our Patreon. And if you have subscribed to our Patreon, fucking thank you so much. Get at me and I'll send you some shit. I don't know, I'll send you stuff. I got pen all over myself. I just realized. I don't know why I'm saying that, but I'm not in good shape. <laughs> hey, man, it's okay. So Remember, everyone listening here loves you. Okay. Except for the people who email and say, yo, I only love you. But Which is probably everybody. No. In fact, I can I actually say this? I don't mean email me and, and say that you love me or Justin Moore. I don't I don't actually want to know that because most of you I'm sure love Justin Moore. What I do want is email. I feel like we don't get a lot of email. Maybe we you're don't. getting emails, but I'm not I, getting that many emails. I get emails from the on the Har Business account from I think that's where my Patreon stuff goes. Mm. But we'll talk about that at the end of the episode we'll put all our contact information up um so yeah if you have subscribed thank you every little bit counts every little bit is 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 we're thankful for and it is greatly appreciated um we'll have something for you guys hopefully sooner rather than later um this episode is all to you also brought to you by the folks at lehigh valley apparel creations the lehigh valley's premier screen printing company uh whether you need a t-shirt a koozie a basketball jersey uh, a sweater some sort of gym short some sort of pant if you need that they will print that for you whatever you have whatever weird thing it is that in you that you're into whatever fucking strange niche thing that you like if you want to put that on some item they'll do it for you and they'll do it at a reasonable price and they'll do it great so uh if you want to check that out, you can go to www.xlvacx.com. That's www.xlvacx.com. LVAC is the Las Vegas Athletics Commission. Chris Reject had to put X's in there because he thinks it makes him punk, but it doesn't. And it should also be pointed out that Chris Reject is not straight edge. At all. So... For more information on how to get their services, you can go to www.xlvacx.com. I'm going to say it three times. <laughs> uh, let's be clear. Um, this is a, a recommendation we're making to you, not just because we get a slight hookup on shirts, and not certainly not because we like. I just that's the part I want to make sure we dispel you of. Yeah, yeah. This is not like we're saying this because we like Chris, but in reality, it's like not real. Like. The issue here is more you're going to get a good deal. Yes. We don't give a fuck about Chris Reader. Not at all. This is a service that if you have... Basically, if you are getting shirts made anywhere else but Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations, um, I'm not saying you're doing something wrong because you're not doing anything morally objectionable, but yeah, you're doing something wrong. I don't find wasting your money or making uh, poor business decisions morally objectionable. No, that's fine. You can do you can do what you, what you want with your money. But if you want a quality product at a reasonable price, why wouldn't you go there? I mean, I I think possibly making the sort of bad decision it is to not get your stuff printed at LVAC might speed the collapse of capitalism. So in reality, I would actually like you to continue to go to whatever faceless, crappy corporation you're going to to get your stuff printed at ten bucks a shirt, like yeah. like a doofus. That sounds great. Fine. Awesome. Go do it. But if you do maybe want to support a small business that has mostly nice people working at it and get a deal on um, what are actually really sort of obsessively cared for shirts that they actually, I mean, this is the thing they care about. I don't get it. I don't know why they care. And I don't mean like they care because they just want to do good business. Like 
I've watched these folks. They actually want to make your shirt look good. They enjoy that. That's like fun for them. It's crazy to me. That's insanity. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely bananas. <laughs> it's so nuts. I don't the get it. shit is bananas. I don't want to spell banana. Can I say this is my problem with that song primarily besides... The fact, fact that it's that fucking terrible? No. I, that's what I'm saying. Beyond the fact that it's terrible, okay. I'm more annoyed at having to spell bananas. I don't want to spell bananas. Then don't. No one's making you. The song demands it. No. Just don't. Just just get it out of your head. You don't. I know. You live in some other world where things don't get in your head because that's it's already over. It's already in. What the fuck? Did you just get an alert? Something just dinged on my computer. Anyway. A computer ding. Yeah. Is that your special porn alarm? It's not my special porn alarm. You get told about Zorno? I don't get told. <laughs> I don't have a porn alarm. Anyway, this is the point in the podcast where I say, Hey, Liam, did you do anything involving our movies? Justin, you guys got to understand, the glasses are off. Justin is mussing his hair. He keeps he keeps wiping his brow with a with a flag he found on the battlefield. <laughs> my brow is moist with 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 the with the effort of my existence. Um, our stuff. When did, when did we last record? I'm trying to remember uh, if we recorded. Did we talk about? There's been so much Mahoning things. Yeah. What was the last Mahoning thing we went to? It wasn't the last Mahoning thing I went to was. Um, just trying to remember if we talked about it. Before. No, I I I've only gone to the um, what the fuck was it called? Oh, uh, we went to. Did did you go to Camp Blood? Yes, we saw. Did uh, we talk about? Did we, we didn't know. We saw. We saw. Um. Oh my god. Friday Thirteenth Part Two. Part Two, and I watched My Bloody Valentine, and then I left before. Torch trap, mm. which I mean, the freight. There are a few uh, thoughts more sad in the English language than I left before Torch trap. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's I, I know someone out there heard me say that and went the fuck. What do you mean you left before Torch? What does that mean? That was the reason you went. I, it would have been the reason I went if the order was the other way around. But the reality is. Torch Trap was the third of our triple feature, and it's still solidly, it was solidly enough summer at the time. Yeah. That staying for that third movie, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I uh, went up there, I don't know if I talked about it, I went up there to see, they did their Universal Monster Mash, I went up for... Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. To see the Creature from the Black Lagoon and Dracula, and I went up on a night when it was raining, and I was by myself, so it was going to be like an experience. And it was like raining, so it was like mysterious and like spooky, and there was like the frogs, and I was like, this is going to be so perfect. Went up on a Friday, and it's important to note that I work on a Saturday, and we live about an hour from this, so it's like a drive. Um, and I went up, and I was like, I can't wait to see the creature from the Black Lagoon with the frogs and the the rain, and it's going to be like atmospheric, and I'm sitting there, and then the Universal logo comes up, I'm like, fuck yeah, the creature, Rico Browning, let's do this. And then, boom, the Dracula title card comes up, and I'm like, no. I mean, whatever. I love Dracula. But, I don't know, I just wanted to see the creature from the Black Lagoon in that setting. I think Creature from the Black Lagoon, I think Creature from the Black Lagoon is better than Dracula. I don't know if that's like a sacrifice. I don't mean that as like no. a hot take. Literally, I just think it's better. Literally, the only really, truly, like, thing about Dracula, like, real, I'm like, that's fucking cool, is the line about the children of the night, 
which sure, a sure, band sure. needs to sample. Yeah, that's great. And then every single moment that the white fry is on the screen is amazing. Sure. But oh, just a bummer. I missed the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, okay. I just, I don't, I'm a friggin' idiot. I went to the Philly Unnamed Film Festival. Yes, and what did you see? I saw two movies. Uh, one was a little movie called um, Rocksteady Rush. Oh. It's not a horror movie. I mean, uh, it should be said, Philly Unnamed Film Festival is a, is a genre fest. And so every genre fest tends to have more horror than other things because people are just making more horror now, whatever. Um, but uh, Rocksteady Rush is a violent action film, uh, a bit of a fantasy film, but definitely not a horror movie. Um, I will say, though, I, I think you should look out for this director. I think in the future, this person will probably make something really great. Um, I think the film sort of... Did you did you end up seeing Turbo Kid? No. Another genre movie that... Whatever. You give me that look like, of course I didn't, and you're, in this case, wrong. So wrong, it, it kind of makes me want to end the podcast. But I'll keep going at, because I'm a generous spirit full of grace. Um, Turbo Kid is great. Everyone knows that. That's unassailable. But this movie tries to be Turbo Kid in some ways, in the sense of, and let me be clear, Turbo Kid is, uh, as everyone knows, because most people have seen it, and that's not true. <laughs> I could almost pull that line A off. lot of people have seen it. A lot of people have seen it, though. A lot of people know that Turbo Kid is a movie that is, uh, it has sympathetic characters without getting into actual human drama, because everyone is kind of a caricature, um, but somehow those caricatures are so endearing that you kind of go with it and it's a lot of fun and michael ironsides choose the scenery and it's great this movie also wants to be like mm, unrealistic not really like a set world not really like logic like all the set pieces are kind of things in and of themselves that don't relate very well i'm sort of describing what you would say as flaws of something but i think for this film they're meant to be uh benefits okay it's meant to be like it's just like all style and surface and the characters don't really have real backgrounds because it's this so it's set in this fantasy world where colleges are run by um gangs uh and those gangs mostly deal in bikes in the black market bike trade so freshmen show up and they steal their bikes and then they have to like do all this shit to get their bikes back and uh they do a lot of murder Uh, okay the gangs are just frats the frats have pushed all the sororities are like underground they don't exist anymore the frats are these violent gangs that just murder freshmen at their own will the dean doesn't care because he just gets his money he's sort of like so okay anyone with any film knowledge knows this sounds like i'm describing yo jimbo on a college campus that's what i was gonna say and this fucking this is what it wants to be it wants to be yo jimbo but without yo jimbo's in a real world it's goofy but it's in a real world with obvious character motivations and stuff it wants to be a lot of Yojimbo, uh, but also like fun in eighties. Like the guy has a Walkman and has a tape, and he listens to music when he's gonna fight. And what uh, I'm making this sound terrible. The thing about it is, it's not that the movie's terrible. Uh, the performances are actually a lot of fun. the The characters know they're in a crazy dumb movie, so they're gonna chew the fucking scenery, and it works for almost everyone. There's a couple of people who aren't great actors. Okay, a lot of the people in it are like. It's not necessarily that they're great actors, but they just know what kind of movie they're in, and they're going to be like, you know, they're going to push it to 11 every single time. Yes. So that works. The director is definitely interested in his style. Okay. It's a very stylish film, and I appreciate that. And and as we've talked about on here, I'm not convinced that 
film is a narrative art form. Lots of people think it is, and I just think they're wrong. Um, I think that movies can be narrative and can tell a story, but they're also very visual. So the idea of a movie that relies a lot on visuals and style is kind of fun. The problem is, is that there really is a narrative to the movie, though. It's not some abstract, weird, whatever thing. Okay. And none of it works. To the extent that like whole lines don't work. Like, there's a moment where uh, there's two these two rival frats that are basically gangs, and the one is celebrating as if they've defeated the other gang. But there's nothing in the movie to suggest why they're celebrating at this moment. Or in another scene, not long after, the one leader says to the other, we had a deal. We never see any deal on, on in the fucking movie. It, it, it really felt like they just shot a bunch of shit and then put it together in the editing room and thought it would like hang together in sort of a goofy, oh, it doesn't matter because everyone's only interested in the fun of this movie and it doesn't matter that it doesn't all make sense and it just never gets there okay it's it's almost like i i I referenced turbo kid but i also think in a way it's it's not as dumb as over the top dumb as this but it's almost like a greasy strangler like a great like there's no story to greasy strangler it's just weird shit yeah yeah yeah. this movie's kind of like this is just cool shit it's a cool fight it's a cool angle it's a cool color scheme to this whatever and it's just it just doesn't end up working. And it's a bummer because I think in the future, this director might do something else and it would work. Who was the director? I have no idea. But check it out. Rock Steady Rush. I mean, it's a movie that's played a bunch of festivals, so a lot of people are already talking about it. Um, and then I also saw The Witch in the Window, which is the new movie by... Oh, what is his name? His Andy. name is Andy Mitten. Andy Mitten. Uh, we did a whole episode on his film We Go On, which... Played the first year at Puff and was a huge hit. Everybody loved it. In fact, when she, the festival director, mentioned the movie, the whole crowd erupted in applause because they loved the movie so much. Uh, and I think we didn't quite take a shit on the movie. No, we were very gracious about it. I think we why we made it clear that we didn't like the movie, um, we definitely sort of gave it the whole thing of like, there's a lot of potential there in the talent behind the movie. And... There's potential for the the writer and director who's you know Andy Mitten wrote and directed it I believe um, to go on to do great things. I really actually like. I didn't realize till literally just now looking at his IMDb. He also did Yellow Brick Road, and I really enjoyed Yellow Brick Yellow Brick Road. So it's like I think maybe it's like you know they can't all be zingers. So it's like I guess I I've never seen Yellow Brick Road. So I went into this movie very skeptical, and I don't think it was just my skepticism that found it really great i mean it's it's an indie film i don't know if every single thing about it works like it's they're clearly working against a certain budgetary limitations whenever but it's a film that really um engenders a lot of dread and has a few very good scares that has like no blood there's no guts it's not that sort of movie you know it's kind of in a way a lot of people described uh hereditary we discussed as like a a family drama with intensely scary parts okay which i don't i don't like that description but in this case i would say that about this movie not to say it's not a horror movie but to say like what is animating the story is this um this is father he's estranged he's taken his son uh up with him to new england i don't give a fuck where uh, for the summer because things are tough at home. 
Yeah, so yeah. This is sort of like a you've been banished to spend the summer with your dad. Um, and that central tension isn't just an excuse. It also is thematically resonant with what the movie is about from a horror perspective, which is that the house is haunted. Okay. A woman who everyone thought was probably a witch of some kind or some, you know, sort of ostracized woman died in this house. Okay. And so weird things happen and the weird things escalate. Uh, and I'll just cut it off there, but the escalation is so fucking good. It's, it's almost exactly in some ways what I didn't like about we go on, which I felt really had a lot of pacing issues to it. Yeah. I think the pacing wise, this is perfect. I think not all the performances are great and some of the sound was weird and that might be the copy we watched at the festival. I don't know what their tech is like. Okay. But other than that, I mean, the main performances, it's mostly the dad and the son. And they're both really good, which is, again, I'm a little skeptical of child actors. And he, he doesn't have to do too much here, but he's pretty solid, you know? And there's a, there's a, I, oh, I can't even describe it because I'm going to ruin things. There's things he's asked to do that are not easy. And I think he does them pretty well. Okay. Um, it's also true that any movie in which our main protagonists are male and the evil is female especially with a witch um there's a lot of like sort of misogynist tropes it could fall into yeah know? yeah yeah and that just doesn't really happen it, in the end it, it's just not it it's almost like her presence uh works with what the movie is also sort of about which is like this father and son are dealing with each other but it's also about the mom who's not in the movie very much yeah but she's a part of this unit even if there's a gulf between him and his ex. Okay. Know? But she is in her absence kind of animating the story and that sort of thematically plays against this ghost who's there. So, uh, I thought it was really great and, um, you know, maybe not like top 10 of the year or anything, but, um, very satisfying, very well done. And now I'm like stoked. Like if this is, where he's going, I hope the next thing is just as interesting and impressive. Cause I can dig I, it. I was, I was about it. I can dig it. I guess that's about it. I do want to mention, um, even though uh, Justin No sold me on it, I'm very, very stoked on the uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch trailer. <laughs> Some people are like, I thought this was a horror podcast, but it's going to be a horror show. How did I, mean, I No sell you on it? Because I was like, you should watch this. And you're like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, I don't care about that. But th- did I watch it? Oh, no, you watched it. No, to no-sell someone is, I want you to pop. I want to come downstairs after you watch it. And you're like, yeah, that was kind of cool. And you're like, no, that's not cool. The devil's so passe. That was me. Yeah, you literally said the devil's so passe. Here's here's the deal, y'all. It's the producers, but not necessarily the writers of Riverdale. And while I think Riverdale is kind of fucked up and shitty in some ways, it does do something, which is like, Archie is a teen drama, so we're going to make... Archie into the sort of teen drama people identify with now and bring out some of the latent things that were already going on there. And so it's basically like a like a sexy teen show. It's, it's, it's sexy. There's a lot of sexiness going on. And then they added murder. I don't know why they added murder. <laughs> um, with Sabrina, they're like, well, I mean, she's a witch, right? And, you know, it's like a it's like a, a playoff of horror comics. So what if we do Sabrina and we make it actually scary? And I'm like, yo they were able to bring that other element into Riverdale enough that I think they could do well with Sabrina. A- admitting that it's still going to be campy. It's not, they're not trying to make the fucking shining. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be campy, but 
the trailer to me it's like ooh, but it looks like they're already getting the feel right so and i love that actress she was great in february or the black coat's daughter uh and nobody fucking saw that which is a real shame so <laughs> hopefully this really gets her out there because i think she's really great so i'm stoked on that the other thing i had to discuss i figure you're probably gonna bring which is uh the castle rock finale oh yeah the castle rock finale What's to say about it? I mean, y'all... Hey, did you know that that might not have actually happened? Y'all, we, uh... We've been pretty excited about the show. It's a great show. I thought the show was great. And I think episode nine, uh, was really great. But I guess, um, they really wanted with this finale to just put the whole thing up in the air and be like, who knows? God, let's Let's leave this spoiler-free and let's just say that J.J. Abrams has fucked the butt that shits on us all with this one. Can I just go ahead and say, because someone today was like, sort of defending the show a teeny bit, just like, well, you know, I just don't think J.J. and J.J. this and J.J. And let me just be clear. For me personally. Also, I want to say when you say J.J., I'm thinking John Joseph. You have to say J.J. Abrams. Yeah, J.J. Abrams. Yeah. For me, J.J. Abrams has basically the Star Wars movie. You mean like directing wise? Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of anything else I care about. I like Super 8. I hate it. Okay. At a deep level. That's fine. Bad. That's, 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 I, I renamed that movie uh, Lens Flare and Daddy Issues, the movie. Deep, deep burns with Liam O'Donnell and horror business. Just saying, it's shit. I mean, I guess that's the thing is that, like, what's funny is this idea that I, people get, which is like, well, you know, it's very JJ, but, you know, I trust him and I trust, and I'm like, man, I went into this, I'm as hope, I left the finale hopeful. And then all these people started defending the finale using JJ, and I thought, JJ Abrams, and I thought, oh no, I don't like JJ Abrams. I can't, I don't, I, I'm probably going to be bummed on this. Here's the thing about JJ Abrams is I actually, I like the Star Wars movie, though. I, I, I really enjoy the Star Wars film he did. I myself enjoyed Super 8. I liked the first Cloverfield. He didn't direct it, but he produced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but his whole thing of like, like Lost is one of my most hated TV shows. It's ter- It's bad. And the Cloverfield whatever, I'm not going to call it a franchise because it's not a franchise, is also rapidly becoming like how they were like hyping up and they were doing it. They were fucking doing it for months that overlord, like the next chapter overlord, the next chapter in the clover. See what happened in 1940s in the, over in the Cloverfield overlord, Cloverlord, you know, all this shit. And then like the Cloverfield paradox just fucking tanked with good reason. And now there's no mention all of a sudden it's like overlord, which I still want to see overlord. Cause it looks in, I'm, I'm interested by it, but the fact that they're, I'm just wondering at what point a giant monster comes out and eats Germany. Uh, that would have been at the very end if people had liked the Cloverfield, <laughs> the Cloverfield Paradox. Adolf Hitler would have been like, <laughs> "Das monster, oof, this monster is coming, oof. And then it would have eaten him, and then, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, what the fuck? I like that you just said, das monster, oof. That's what Hitler does in my mind. But so, Castle Rock, the problem is, is that like it had a solid, they, 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 they built this really interesting premise. They built it on this solid foundation, which is the Stephen King mythos. 
And then it was like the first couple episodes were like, oh, cool, they're doing this thing. It's like Shawshank. Remember Shawshank? We all remember Shawshank. Yay. Hey, look, it's Alan Pangborn. Yay. Yeah. And then like they started doing kind of the deeper cut of the Stephen King universe with like the idea of a thinny, which is what yeah. they didn't say, but like that's what it fucking was. Yeah. Which is read the Dark Tower. It's in there. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool. This is going to be like some interdimensional shit. I'm like, cool with that. Yeah. And then they really didn't have to try to hit it. They didn't, it was such a soft pitch to them to hit it out of the park for the the finale and they fucked it up. I will say, let me just say now, because there's a voice in my brain saying it. If I, if I hadn't read interviews with them and I didn't have a knowledge of what they felt like they were doing, the, Finale wouldn't completely bum me out the way it seems to have bummed out other people. Because my assumption with any finale is that a finale is like a weird fucking balancing act where you go, we need an ending, but we can't have an actual ending because we we want to come back. Yes. So we need to have it end enough, but in reality, like there's re- you want us back. We yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't tell you all the shit. But then when I read things that they're saying about it, it feels like they're kind of like, oh, we're never going to tell you all the shit. Like, we, we don't even think we have to. Like, we we basically gave you a full meal, and these characters might come back in other ways, you know? But, like, we're, you know, we're going to move on. Like, this is this is it. Like, we, we, we basically told a full, satisfying story. And, again, I don't... The attitude then is like, oh, you need things explained to you. But this was not that. This was a bunch of loose threads that like are just hanging out in the world and the most unsatisfying resolution. And again, I'm even fine. I am totally fine with the mystery, quote unquote, of who the kid is. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think we can get to that point. But to have given us an entire backstory in the second to last episode... And then at the end of the last episode, to just throw that into question with just a little bit of information, it just feels like lazy writing. Whereas if you really wanted, why not give us a few episodes ago some ground to stand on with this guy? Yeah. And then slowly throw that into question to build to a sense of dread in the final episode. Yeah. Where it's like, God, I don't even know what the fuck's going on with this dude. But I understand why the story's going that way. It just felt like they wrote themselves into a corner, which, again, was what Lost felt like. (laughs) I I mean, it's whatever. I mean, I can't complain about it too much because the performances, every single performance in that show was stellar. Sure. It's amazing. Um, I I only bring it up to say, if if this was an actual ending of a season and we're going to visit these folks again next season, I'm less mad than everyone else is because I would just go, that's not my favorite finale, but, you know. They've got a whole nother season to like, yeah, yeah, fix yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. That'll be great, and I love it because whatever. But now I just don't trust that. Am I gonna watch it? I'm gonna fucking watch. I'm gonna watch. This is what sucks because it's because of what it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come back, and I mean, you're probably gonna come back. We're gonna come back. No, I'm not saying I'm not gonna watch it, but it's like I just in that fucking post credit scene. God damn it! That really bummed you out. Uh, that's not the word I would use. I would say made me fucking beyond <laughs> sense. And rationality with rage. That you, was you were beyond the so beyonds. corny. I was beyond the beyonds, yes. <laughs> it was so corny. It was so like... Like, I, 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 I was talking to my coworker today. Like, it, it, might, it might as well have, like, panned over and, like, you see, like, an old guy reading a newspaper and it just flips down and it's Jack Nixon. He, like, winks at the camera and it's like... 
I mean, okay, to be fair, they already gave us a character named Jackie Torrance who renamed herself in honor of her uncle. So which like, is fine, which I'm 100% okay with. Oh, uh, yeah, but, uh, it's a little much, but uh, it's whatever. For me, the mid credit scene would have been fucking awesome, actually, in a show that had a single moment of camp ever leading up to that. Yeah. It made me go, was this whole season full of jokes and I missed the jokes? <laughs> because this is a joke, right? Like, this is a fucking gag. They're pulling a gag in the mid credit scene. And maybe they just thought that was cool to be like, we're going to pull a gag since we've been so serious all season long. But for me, that doesn't work. Not it, such a cornball gag. Like, it's so cornball. In a show that was, like, rooted in the same territory as so much nostalgia porn is, it daftly, deftly avoided all the trappings of nostalgia porn. Sure. It really it really avoided... Um, I am honestly relieved there were little to no references to dairy. Because I think, like, with how, you know, we're... Just the map. That's the only place. Just the map. Saw it, yeah. The only thing we saw. You know, they they very easily could have leaned more into the Stand by Me references. There, and there were a couple. Yeah, there's some Stand by Me and some Cujo, but that just sets this. That to me, even those things. But they were like subtle, like you know, like the, the one kid's name was like, um, oh, what was the, the the drug dealer who sold what's her face the, the 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 pills? The kid, right? His last name was Merrill, right? So like. Well, and there was a, there was a chunk of Shawshank references, of course, but like, it it wasn't. There like, were characters whose names whose names were in, so you know they're relevant. Yeah, they would they would like Nan's Luncheonette, you know, yeah. all this stuff. But it was like it just felt like the whole thing where it was like that mid credit scene was so just like. Well, and also I get that we're in the the King universe, and that one of our characters probably has the shine, so the shining's on people's minds. Yeah, but to have such a huge reference in that mid credit scene, and it's not, it's not an adventure show. It's a show about a place, right? Yeah. So, what are we gonna do? Follow Jackie out to the ho? Like, if I really thought they were like next season, y'all, we're switching gears. We're going full camp. Some ridiculous story. She's out at the hotel. Like the hotel's burned down. Hotel. It's gone. It, but the idea that she would go visit yeah. the location, like you know what I mean, like. I just think that that would be fine if I thought that's what it was leading to. And I might be alone in that. I'm fine with that. You know what? Switch gears every fucking season. Yeah. I'm fine with that. But I'm not fine with it, A, because that's not what they're going to do. No. And B, they also didn't end this season right. So re in reality, there's going to have to be... I mean, I, I want like at least half the cast has got to come back, right? Like... There's just so much left. Like who 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 wrecked what's her name's house? Why did that happen? I thought it was the kid. Why? What I don't know. What's in his Here's here's okay, here here's my biggest problem with all of this. Here's my biggest problem with how this ended. And again, there's no spoilers and I'm getting very angry. They had avoided this whole season. We had talked about it like yeah. like if they had found out that the kid's name was like Robert Freeman. Yeah. Like RF, like Randall yeah, Flag, yeah. I'd have been like, fuck this. No, don't do that. And they didn't do red that much. There's like little it, sections, Yeah, they didn't do you know, they didn't but it wasn't they, like, oh the Grimson. Yeah, King this is, is my friend uh Bob Gray. He uh you know, like nothing like that. I honestly think they opened the door to that. In a very in a in a, in a way that I don't think is cool. I mean, oh, they're gonna go there. Like 
they have the thing they've been the most cagey about was when someone straight up said this show is just a backdoor for the Dark Tower TV show. All you're doing is setting up the ball for the Dark Tower show. This whole thing is just a Dark Tower thing. Their response was, I mean, it's all just Dark Tower, though, right? Okay, let's <laughs> talk about something else. Because <sighs> I 100% everything in this movie, in this movie, in this TV show, is just renamed Dark Tower stuff. The schism is the thinny and the, yes. he's a he's a twinsy or whatever it's called. I didn't read the books. I'm just knowing. Yeah. Knowing. Um, and so, like, I think, I personally think, now that he's done it, now that King has the central... The linchpin. Linchpin of the Dark Tower. Yeah. He's, I think he's actually like, yeah, no, it's all Dark Tower. It's the, the dog one? That's Dark Tower. The, the the future one, where they're in the race? That's also Dark Tower. It's all Dark it Tower. Is. It, all, it is. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I think the show... Is is going to have a central line. I think the kid is going to come back. He's going, but he's going to be the only character who comes back, and it's only going to be a reference thing because what they're trying to do is get us to a place where motherfucking Matthew McConaughey is going to walk out of those woods. In which place I will burn myself. I'm telling you, this is how the show. I mean, it, if the show had its druthers, this is how the show will end. It's Matthew McConaughey is going to come out of those motherfucking woods. And Castle Rock is just going to be Dark Tower. That's that's what I think is going to happen. But here's my... Here's is this thing. Dark Tower? Be here's, a lot cooler if it was. Here's my thing. It's not going to do that because they're going to have another season to get this shit right. And if they fuck it up again, it's going to get canceled. There's no, there's no reason. Hulu, to me, and all these online things, have no reason to keep stuff around if they just... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. If if fans don't like it next season, they're just going to be like, well, I guess we're just done here. Yeah. We'll just do something else. Yeah. We'll do another fucking cooking show. People like cooking shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't think they're going to get to do, but if if I if they really had a full run, it's all going to smush into the Dark Tower. And like, that's fine. I get it. But like, be less obvious. It just feels like that's where they're going. Yeah, it is. In, in a too obvious way. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong. I like the show, but it's just season finale, whatever. All right. What other horror stuff you got to talk about? Uh, I saw a racer head at the Mahoney Drive-in. Oh yeah, I missed that whole weekend. It was I was very invested in going, and then too much shit came up, and I couldn't make it happen. Uh, it was weird. Yeah, it's a racer head. It's a racer head. I mean, I would have personally rather gone the next night for Suspiria, which I also went to House which was great. How was the print of Suspiria? What pr- which print was it? I don't know. Well, I mean, was it good? Yeah, it was. Looks fine. All right, it looked good. It wasn't the extent the the current extended one. It was not they, the extended cut because it didn't have the scene. It didn't have the scene where oh, what's his name the blind gentleman who gets yes, like sure, there's sure, a scene sure. in the extended cut where he has like a like a meltdown at the piano or whatever. Right. That's that wasn't in this print, so it was just like the yeah. It's probably Harry. It's, I, I, my guess is it's Harry's print, which I've seen before, and it's really nice. It's like really nice. A lot of Suspiria prints, like on film, look bad. They're just not great. Yeah, I can imagine. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, other than that, the only other thing related I did, I, I also saw Ghost Stories or a Ghost Story. Oh, you're right. And you were saying you liked it less than me. Uh, no, I, I actually really liked it. My only complaints were that I, I felt like at times it wanted to be a found footage movie. 
Mm. Like there were times in that movie that like, I look back on it and I'm like pretty sure that the main character is like talking to someone. Right. Like an interviewer. Well, he's he's there's a couple parts of the movie that are him doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just it felt like it wanted to be a found footage movie. Mm. And it also there was a few elements that I didn't feel were earned and were just sort of like just shoved in there. Hmm. Um, but the performances were incredible. Uh, and there were a few moments where it, it, it felt like there was like a real sense of fear. Um, there was the, right. the, the first segment, especially segment, especially with the night watchman, like not only was the performance of that guy who played him, like just spot on as a man who's just like, I've already had a relatively unpleasant life and this has just made me not like life even this has made me like life even less. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck would I talk to you? Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, it was just. I mean, it was just. It was. It, I mean, I, the the twist was like okay, cool, but um, I I I was fine with the twist. No, so so was I. But I did feel like the twist. It allowed them to avoid the what the movie kind of you know the movie could be seen before the twist as like a screed against new atheists. Yeah. That's basically what this guy is. And it's slowly like, hey, he's going to learn that. Yeah. The world really is a dark and scary place. Yeah. And then the twist is kind of like, oh, or not, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and don't be wrong. It's not that the twist isn't a good twist in and of itself and that it isn't frightening, but it kind of lets them off the hook of what the movie does the rest of the time, and I kind of felt like I hope they didn't come up with that twist as a way to get them out. So of course they did. I also, last Thursday night, saw the new I don't know who directed it. I want to say Corbin Burnson, but I know it's not Corbin Burnson. I know that's not him at all. Uh, The new James Wan Conjuring movie, The Nun. Oh, you actually saw the nun. Yes, I did. What did you think? Um, there were literally two things in it that I like. I I didn't I didn't like two things that I was like I can't look past that. Mm-hmm. One, there's a certain character in it whose comedic relief was wholly unneeded. Right. And it wasn't like they were trying to make it like a horror comedy, but there were times when this movie was like dark and scary, dark and scary, dark and scary, and very consistent. And then it would be like stupid joke. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, no, that actually was, like, my favorite part of that movie. And, which is fine. I just felt that it was, like, in a movie that was, like, leaning very heavily into, like, being, like, dark and spooky. I didn't need, like, these, like, stupid jokes in it. Like, there was, at one point, they find this artifact. And, like, the one character's like, holy shit. And the priest is like, it's the holiest. I was like, fuck you. Like, get fucked. It would go from scary to creppy yes it was like they had said i will say this there was a lot of talk how like i guess the director who the guy who wrote and directed it is like a huge mario bava fan so people are like this is like classic bava it's like classic bava it's gothic it's bava i felt it was more like a fulci film Mm. specifically city of the walking dead Mm. it had vibes of that and maybe it was just because it involved it was all triggered by like a like a like a clergy person suicide Mm -hmm. um it also reminded me a lot of michael mann's the keep Mm. I don't know why, um, but this is I, this is interesting that you're saying this. I didn't hear the Mario Bava thing. What you're saying is the first positive things I've heard about the movie since it came out. That's fine. all I've heard is irrationally unhappy things or people being like, 
It was fine, I guess. No, I'm not, I mean, it was, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say the other thing I didn't like about it is I feel that Bonnie Aarons was woefully underused in this movie. Mm. Like, it's weird because it's the, it's her movie. Not, well, well, technically the, the nun is referring, the titular nun is referring to the nun that, that, whose, whose suicide triggered it. Or the, the, but isn't she the, the woman in the scary make? Yeah, Bonnie Aarons is the nun from from the Conjuring yeah, she's in the scary makeup. But people were saying like that's not the nun that the title is referring to. Well, I don't know. That it. that's not an official thing. I'm just telling you what I've what I've read on the webs. That being said, when Bonnie Aarons finally makes her fucking grand entrance, it is like I know it's like uh, you know, James Wan sucks, you know, Sinister Insidious sucks, these movies suck. But the scene when we finally see Bonnie Aaron's fully revealed is done in such a creepy way, and it's everything about it. Like the 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 the, the soundtrack is these like weird Russian octavists, yeah, which is horrifying right there. Okay, and then the scene where she is revealed is so is so sinister and so creepy that, um. I just thought it was really effective, and I wish she was in it more. And I think the fact that she wasn't in it more made the movie like weaker than it could have been. I mean, I'm glad to hear this because I, I mean, I'm not glad because I'm sad that they didn't use her enough. But I like her, so I wanted it to be better. Yeah. And all I've heard is like, there's three jump scares and uh, stupid and it's boring. There was one part in the middle where there's like a reveal, not quite a twist, but there's like a reveal where I was like, oh shit, that's actually pretty cool. That I, ha- I haven't heard I haven't heard nearly enough people talking about. Wow. Yeah, I, the, the only thing I heard that was long form was actually a, a person who mostly likes these movies. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I'm like, Conjuring is cool, and I'm, then I'm done. <laughs> and uh, this was actually on the show, Linoleum Knife Podcast, which I really like. And um, uh, Alonzo uh, Duralde, who's on there, is not a big horror movie person. For some reason, he likes these movies a lot. And he just felt, I think he felt like, uh, he mentioned a twist he didn't like, so maybe he didn't feel the same way, but he just kind of felt like it was unimpressive, which, uh, but he did say it was not as bad as, have there been two Annabelle movies? Yes, the second. He said it was not as bad as one of the Annabelle movies, but I don't remember which is the worst (laughs) Annabelle movie. I personally didn't like the second one because I feel all these movies have like one, I think they're all, I enjoyed them all. I think like the first Conjuring has in it several key moments that are like great horror. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about the second one, and I feel this. There is a scene in the first Annabelle movie that like I'll go to bat for and say I remember when I first saw that movie, like my skin turned into fucking insect eggs from goosebumps because mm-hmm. it was just like really well crafted. Um, this movie had a few of those moments. Okay. Um. I th- I it, I mean it's it, it's hard I mean because it it wasn't like I'm, I don't mean this I I don't I don't mean to be like man well you know it wasn't bad but it wasn't it wasn't great because I did enjoy it I just felt that it suffered from again they didn't show enough Bonnie Aaron's sure she didn't crawl out from behind a dumpster and scare someone to death at any point which is <laughs> always a shame yeah and I didn't like the comedic relief but I will say that this movie did a better job of tying in to the Conjuring movies at the end. And they did it in a way that wasn't like forced. It wasn't like crowbarred in. It wasn't some like retcon bullshit. They used something that was referenced in the the, fir- the very first Conjuring film that was already in there, and they they tied it in that. And I I thought I'll give it credit. That was that was good. You've earned my um, twelve dollars and seventy five cents. I can't. I don't. 
mean, here's, here's the thing. I don't know that I... Well, no. I might watch it sometime. I, I just was so turned off by Conjuring 2 that then it was like, now I'm going to watch the doll movie and now the nun. The first, the first, it Annab- seems like too much to me. The first Annabelle movie is, 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 is a great bit of, uh, like weird misdirect because it's not really about a doll. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm, I'm again, it, I mean, th- this is also a person who watched in the span of one day, all three insidious movies because I was bored. So I, man. I, this is this is this okay. This is a thing. Let me just do a little reveal on this thing. I think most people who listen to the podcast do feel like I'm the elitist asshole, even though you have some strong opinions on things. Like certain things come up, and you're like, "Fuck that shit." I have a, I have a few strong opinions. Yeah, like so. Someone might be offended when you're like, you don't really like slasher movies or something. That That's might, fine. That might bump someone out when you get on a. Right now, you're like, it's fine. I don't care. But I've heard you go on a tear about slasher movies. I've only gone on the tears about slasher movies because I've been like, yeah, slasher movies aren't really my thing. But I don't, I, you know, it's whatever. And people are like, why are you a terrible person? <laughs> and then I have to be like, well, fuck you. They're all terrible. And fuck, you're a terrible person. And I don't like you. I, the point I'm trying to make, though, is not about you being a terrible person. It's that I, I'm the in our dynamic, the more uptight, elitist person, I guess, is, I guess, sort of the vibe. Even I would though, definitely call you less uptight than me. Well, I don't mean that kind of uptight. I mean, you know, the point being is that it's amazing to me, like, we'll have these conversations and I'll bring up a movie that, to me, is like a movie that nerds of our caliber everyone has seen like if i was in a conversation and someone was like you know i haven't seen something you want to recommend something and if i recommended that movie they would be like yeah of course i fucking saw that what are you doing to me yeah i I saw that i'll talk to you and you'll be like no no no, i didn't see that and i'm like okay well you know justin's a busy guy he's got stuff going on and then you sit here and you say to me that you watched all three fucking insidious movies in a row and then i'm like this is why justin doesn't watch any movies I think are cool. I watch Ghost Story. That's no, that's true. I, I, and you watch more horror than anyone I know. I think anyone. That's true. Well, okay, anyone I'm willing to talk to. Okay, that's fair. I'm, I'm just saying, like the people we know who watch more horror than you are just this is their entire world. They don't watch anything but horror. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess there's some people like I bet Albert watches maybe more horror than you. And yeah. He's an interesting guy, but that's like his thing, whatever. But like. Sometimes, I guess the thing is that knowing that you like movies, it's not like you only like horror movies. You like lots of movies. I do. And I'll ask you about a movie. I just assume, like, of course he's seen this. Everyone's talking about this movie. He's he's seen it. It's available. It's not like an obscure, weird... I'm not like... Are you still mad I haven't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer? No, I'm not mad you haven't seen Killing (laughs) of a Sacred Deer. I'm surprised you haven't seen Killing of a Sacred Deer. But that's just one example. This happens all the time. Something that I'm like, oh, well, you saw blah, blah, blah. And you'll be like, no, 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 I didn't see that. And again... In the moment, I'm not surprised. I just go, oh, okay, sure. I move on. Yeah. It's when you say to me, in one day, I watched all three Insidious movies. And what, I remember, what else was I supposed to we do? have an economy of time. Yeah. And I'm just amazed sometimes at the things for which you've spent this in this economy. I do what now, I want. Now, maybe I'd watch all three Insidious movies. I, uh, let's be clear here. I preface this with admitting that I'm the jerk in this relationship. So like what I'm thinking is a bit of a jerky thing to think, but it is surprising to me. Like uh, if you were like, I caught insidious too, 
I'd be like, oh, really? Hmm, okay, sure. But like, ah, you made it to the third one, buddy, in one day? Yeah. Not like you happen to catch the third one sometime by mistake. You sat down and were like, yo, let's let's fucking ramrod well, all three of these te- movies. Technically, I just didn't get out of bed. <laughs> I just decided to watch them. That's what I did. I mean, okay, that is also true. I have a little bit of a skews perspective being a parent now. I have so little free time that like... I experienced something that I had not experienced as much before, which is like when we have time to watch something, sometimes I have trouble deciding. Like I used to be someone who never had that. Po- I would just be like, we'll watch this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, do yeah. This. Now I'm like, I don't know. I got a list of like 50 things that I want to watch. I don't know what to do. Let's, let's just put on. I don't, I'm tired. I'm tired from the baby. Just put on Deadpool. Just put on Deadpool. Just put on the second one. Put on the second one. Okay. That's good. All right. Cause I'm just so worn. Yeah. I'm yeah. not like, you know. I haven't watched I haven't watched that new Yodorowsky movie yet. Guess I'll put that on. What time is it? Ten o'clock? I think this is up at five in the morning. Yeah, put put on put on the poetry movie, the fucking endless poetry movie. Let's watch that. That Can't doesn't do it. that doesn't happen as much. It doesn't happen as much, I'll be honest. But I also don't know that I would actually consume all three. Is it are, well, let me actually back that whole thing up. Do you like all three movies? Are they good? Not, I've only seen the first one and I didn't love it. It's not terrible, but I, didn't I liked the first one till the very end. The what second one, at the very end, that turned it off. You see you. the fucking demon. You see, and like for for like uh, for more than like five seconds, and it's yeah. not scary. Yeah. The second one was whatever. The third one had its moments, but I only watched them because I want to watch the fourth one. When is the fourth one coming out? It came out already. It came out already. Yeah, but you haven't watched it. No, rented an episode of Mandate on it and hated it. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he fucking hated the nun too. You like that, so don't listen to Ren. He also, uh, yeah, exactly. He thought like the he thought the comedic relief was like the best part of that movie, and I was like, Ren, I'm sorry. I mean, look, I'm apparently I hate fun because I didn't like Rampage, so I got really stoked to watch it though. So I think that was part of my problem. I wouldn't I have like, watched it on this TV. I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch that. Movie. Are you? I wouldn't watch that movie again. I I actually think I said on the mandate if you don't see the movie in theaters, don't bother seeing it. They do at the end of the movie, or end of Rampage. Spoiler: They do a hero walk, like you didn't fucking know, and it's fucking uh, the Rock, the female actress who has been in Better Things, and uh, our man JDM, who's and, been in Better Things. Yeah, well, true, and a fucking gorilla, and all three of them are doing the fucking hero walk away from the background, which is so fake looking it like you're looking at this going like oh yeah playstation like i remember playstation like it's terrible and i'm just watching this going i might punch myself in the dick see if you had seen that movie in a theater full of screaming children oh yeah yeah, okay like it was it was definitely like uh seeing that movie i hadn't felt anything it was just fun it was just it was a stupid movie to see and I kind of, although I kind of, apparently George was supposed to die originally, and Dwayne Johnson was like, I'm not doing this movie if the gorilla dies. Like, you better fucking, re-. and for like two months, they were, he was like leaning into it, like, I won't do it if the gorilla dies. There's no point. And people were like, but his sacrifice has to mean something. He was like, this isn't saving Private Ryan. Like, don't kill the gorilla. Here's, here's my thing with The Rock. I was mad about the movie, and so I tweeted that The Rock is a giant Republican, and then everyone was like, it's not quite that bad. And I'm like, I know, I'm just being an asshole, guys. Yeah. But then, as part of my, like, let's actually clear The Rock's name, I read that Rolling Stone piece about him, and what bummed me out about that piece is there's a moment where The Rock 
goes to a restaurant to talk to this reporter and he brings his own <laughs> Heat this up food. and he brought it. his own outside food into this restaurant. And the worst part about that is he's a regular there. They fucking know him. He knows the name of the chef. And he just goes, Yeah, no, Tom will heat my shit up. Nah, man. I believe the quote was, uh, Heat this and plate it, please. And it was like buffalo heart and like lion placenta. Or that was like, like that. That was like the first time that I thought, Oh, it's like, so I've always had this thing where I kind of. No, you know, blah blah the rock, but that's only because people love him so much. And I'm like, yeah, he's a mixed bag, guys. He's a mix. Let's just say he's a mixed bag. And yeah, people who love the rock don't want to hear he's a mixed bag, and I get that. That's fine. But then I read this thing, and I'm like, oh, I I think I don't like Dwayne Johnson, like the actual human, like not the persona he's presenting to the world. Like, yeah, this is an actual guy who did this. I might not like him. I do it's like weird. how there was the Jeffrey Dean Morgan quote. He was just like, yeah, he can like stay up till two in the morning and get up like an hour and a half later. And he has like a beautiful wife and like two beautiful kids. And he has this crazy work schedule. I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. That seems like a very Jeffrey Dean Morgan thing to say. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I guess we're going to talk about demons. Huh? Yeah, let's talk about demons. You want to take a quick break or are you good to go? Yeah, let's take a break. All right. Well, I want to stop it anyway. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's easier for me. Okay. But I think I'll have to whip a whiz. We'll be right back to talk about 1985's Demons. The preview you are about to watch is for a movie that is unlike any you have ever seen before. It is for a movie that goes beyond temporary fear to everlasting terror. It is a movie called Demons. Yes, the demons are coming, and they're coming for you. Warning, if you have the courage to see demons, sit near an exit. Otherwise, you might never get out. In your theater, who will survive the touch of the demons, and who will not? Demons. With music by Billy Idol, Motley Crue, The Adventures, Rick Springfield, and Saxon. This is no dream. This is happening right now. And it could be happening to you. Demons. They will make cemeteries their cathedrals. And the cities will be your tombs. Will you survive it? Demons. Yeah. So we are back to talk about 1985's Demons, written by Dardano Sacchetti, who wrote the story, and uh, this guy, uh, Dario Ar- Argento, I think I'm pronouncing it? I think he did some crime movies. He did some crime, he did some, some giallos. Yeah, he's really yeah. into giallos. He's really into giallos, and um, directed by... He did a Hitler movie, too. He did, oh, fuck. And his daughter's a sex criminal. And uh, it's directed by Lumberto Bava. Starring Obon, I'm not even gonna say who's. I'm gonna. I love fuck that you're up. trying to do these as Italian, like yeah. you can do an Italian. Accent. I w- the only the only actors in this movie I will I will give I will name by by name are Goretta Giancarlo, who played Rosemary, who as Elaine pointed out while watching this, is she the first woman of color to be a lead in an Italian horror film? She is great in this movie, and then um, uh. Liam, can you guess who else I'm going to name? Oh, God. Uh, it would be... 
Giovanni Frezza, who played Kirk, the little boy at the end, who was also in a little movie called House by the Cemetery. Mm-hmm. It's my man Bob. Bob! It's Bob! So, um... But no Dr. Frankenstein. Uh, you mean Dr. Freud... Freudenstein? Freudenstein. Dr. Freudenstein? Jesus. Um, so the, the, the plot of this movie is there's this, uh, theater, this, this young woman, she's in Rome, I think it's Rome, and she's pursued in the, uh, subway, the tube, I think they call it over there, by this man who looks like Doug Jones with like a half a Terminator mask on, and he gives her, he's like ominously pursuing her, and he gives her a ticket for this movie, and they go to this movie the this movie house, with all these other people show up, and they're watching this movie where these people are investigating, uh, a castle where they think Nostradamus is buried. And as the movie progresses, they keep talking about demons and how the demons are going to make make our cities into tombs and the cemeteries their cathedrals. And then uh, basically what happens is, is as the movie is playing, demons actually, you know, people in the theater actually start turning into demons, starting with um, Goretta Giancarlo, who turns into this monster and then mayhem ensues. Um... I've heard this movie referred to as a zombie movie by people who don't know what a zombie movie is. <laughs> but it is most certainly not a zombie movie. What is so great about this movie is that at times the acting is forgettable. But this movie just looks so good. Mm. Uh, particularly the look of the demons like they don't show it in many shots but the way the eyes are lit it just it, there's this really ethereal dreamlike haunting quality to it that 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 reminds me a lot of uh you know earlier i had mentioned like um like michael mann's the keep there's a lot of scenes in that that are like weirdly backlit and uh it's just a very as as, as liam put it it's a very slick looking movie and uh yeah it just for for you know a movie from 1985 like low budget Italian movie um I, I I think it just it looks it looks great. I mean, it's interesting because parts of it are very. It's from 85, but yes. it's a European movie, so parts of it still feel like that aspect of the 80s that are still mired in the 70s. But then parts of it are <laughs> like what Liam? Give us an example. Uh, scanners. Okay. If you told me Scanners was filmed in 1977, I'd be like, yeah, of course it is. Look at the movie. It's a 1977 <laughs> film. It's like, no, it's not. It's not actually. Um, sorry for that. That was Oh, also, this should be noted that this movie... Oh, well, no, I'll let you finish, and then we'll talk about the, the Demons franchise, which is another weird example of uh, Italian filmmaking run amok. So, well, all I was going to say is that despite the fact that aspects of this feel very retro to me just because of its European, it's still also visually very 80s and very much an 80s adaption of something we associate with Argento. Like, this movie takes from Suspiria more than a lot of other movies do in the sense of here are lights with no explanation. Like, this is one of the things we don't, for me at least, I shouldn't say we. People talk about this shit all the time. For me, when I talk about Suspiria, one of the mysteries is the focus on interior decoration. Okay. There's a lot of shots of uh, sconces and fucking uh, walls. And it's like, look at the intricate woodwork on this wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
and that sounds like I'm making fun of the movie, but actually it's it's effective. But the other thing that he does in that movie that you have to pay attention to get, which is a subtle way of me making fun of people who don't like Suspiria, is uh is the use of color. Yes. No colors in the movie are logical. None of the color work, none of the lights are make any sense. Yeah, yeah. They're not there to make sense. It's all imp- it's all an impression. They're all meant to create an emotion. Things get lit up for no reason. Lights show up. Things turn red or they turn blue or whatever. And that's not that's an emotional effect. He's creating a visual language. Yes. This movie does the same thing actually. It's just does it in a context that is far more slick. You know, there's a certain 70s gossamer to Suspiria. You know, there's a certain kind of like uh, thin, old school European timelessness. Yeah. And this movie's very like flashy, motorcycles, helicopter, vending machines. Heavy metal. Modern stuff. Yeah. Heavy metal. Uh, apparently not Motorhead. Two different songs in this film <laughs> I swore were fucking Motorhead. There's Motorhead is not on the soundtrack. Yeah. Saxon is on the soundtrack, though, and... Personally, I like Saxon better than Motorhead. No, that was mean. I shouldn't say that. That's fine. Point being, um, there's a lot of things about this that signal 80s, but one of the things it borrows from its Italian past is this use of colors, and it really works. Um, It's also weird because only in Europe do you have these like scumbag punks who have so much coke. So much cocaine. So much cocaine that they've filled a Coke can with the cocaine and they're sniffing it with a straw out of a Coke can. A visual joke that for me, I mean, there are lots of parts of this movie that are ridiculous, but there is no part of this movie as campy as them sniffing Coke out of a Coke can. No, it's. the most gory shit in this movie is less over the top than them being like, pass me the can, and they're yeah. sniffing coke out of this can. I'm really sad that this movie came out a few years before the ride, Catch the Wave, slo- like Coke's, Coke's, Coke's slogan was Catch the Wave, because I really could have seen like the, the lead punk being like, snorting coke from a coke can up his nose, and being like, ah, I just caught the wave. <laughs> <sighs> so, okay, yeah, I mean... We've got an audience. It's a diverse audience. It's mostly made up of um, uh, disabled folks, angry old people, young folks who almost universally are there to fuck, <laughs> except for our main sort of we we get some characters ahead of time. Yeah, and they're they're meet, they meet there. Assuming they survive, they'll probably fuck. But um, spoiler alert none of them survive except for one yes. so they're not gonna fuck but you know everyone all the other young people are making out uh and then what seems to be a pimp and his two ladies yes only we never get any confirmation from that it might just be that he's a fashionable gentleman who just happens to have two female escorts well, that also sounds like they're prostitutes but they're not sex there's no indication that they're sex workers no in an obvious way. But he's dressed like a pimp. <laughs> there's a shorthand. There's even a part where he says something about money that doesn't actually say, go make me money. Yeah. But the way he says it, it's it's literally like, um, you know what it reminds me of? Uh, when a movie wants to signal punks, but it doesn't know what punks are. So it just like sort of throws clothes on some people and then they play like just rock music. Yeah, and yeah. you're just supposed to know what that is sort of referencing. Yeah. This is an Italian reference to black pimps. But like the people doing it don't really know what they're talking about. So they're just kind of like, he's like a guy. He's got a knife. 
and hot ladies and he wears a chain i don't know and he just is that and you're just kind of going this stereotype is almost too vague to be offensive well here's the thing side note i'll take that over the um did you ever see Godzilla Final Wars? <laughs> there's a scene that takes place when the monsters are like destroying the world in the beginning. And there's a shot where like Rodan is attacking New York and it opens up. And this movie was made in 1999. Like at least this movie was made in 1985. This Godzilla Final Wars was made in 1999. There's a shot. It's like New York City sh- close up of like a, you know, graffiti on a brick wall and like boom, boom, tsh, boom, boom, tsh, playing in the background. And then it shows a gentleman of color walking out with a giant hat like fucking Humpty Hump glasses, just like a big fur coat, like, yo, 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 my car's getting towed. What's up with that? And the cop's like, I told, and like, it's, this is overdubbed. So he's speaking in Japanese, but it's overdubbed. And, and like, it's like, oh, is that how the Japanese view African Americans? <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, to, to be fair though, uh, this, the, the, him and one of his, uh, escorts is an African American woman. They get a lot of screen time, even if one of them is a one demon. Of, they're for both the whole like time, I, I would say they're both main characters. Yeah, they're essential to the plot of the they're movie. They're not like throwaway characters. Either. Yeah, and I, I kind of think that's pretty great for the time. Yeah, at, at least in the European film. By the eighty-five, there are a few strong characters in American film that were black, but they're you know, I think it's one of those things where we were watching European film, we see these characters, and it's like, well, I mean, it's not like there's that many black people in Italy, and so. Uh, actually, yes, there are. There's a, it's a, a newsflash. The, 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 there's been people who aren't from Europe in Europe uh, for a long time, actually. Yeah, yeah. One might even say thousands of years. But um, So it's not like they had no opportunity to know that this was a bit of a stereotypical character. But on the other hand, he's important to the film in a way. And so I don't mind. It's, it's, it works. Um, so one of the things I really like about this movie is this thing and they bring it back for the second one but i think it's more effective in this one of like this is a movie about movies in a way you know we're gonna go to the theater we're there to watch what's happening on screen but somehow what's happening on screen is going to be part of initiating our own horror oh real quick and then his, we're watching that happen and his, that's going to affect his, us. his name in the movie is tony the pimp so oh okay yeah. there you go now now that answers the question yeah again it, they don't literally say he's a pimp but you get that he's a pimp yeah yeah and what, what were you saying that this movie and movie structure sort of inherently kind of can get the audience to think about their sort of places of as an audience you know like that that this is sort of a recursive we're in the theater. They're watching the movie. We're watching the movie. I mean, we're watching at home, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That there's this sort of thing going on that could go on kind of forever. Um, the second film does a little more with TV, um, but I don't think it quite kind of gets the resonance. This is a little bit more like a closed loop, like this idea of like that they're trapped within this story, within this sort of um, almost like a like a place of worship itself, you know? Yeah, I can kind of, I can, it, it, I'll, I'll give it credit for one thing. It, it rapidly devolves into just like, you know, like a bloodbath. But the idea of like the origin of this like weird plague that's spreading throughout the country is this machine that's just generating this movie and they just never explain it. I think it's kind of fucking cool. I think it, right. it I think it's kind of, it, it's kind of, um, it's sort of, did you ever read, not see the, the 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 movie. Do you ever read Cell, the Stephen King book? No. 
Do you know what it's about? No. Uh, basically, one day, everyone who's on, there's this signal gets released over cell phones, and anyone's anyone's listening at the time, basically, it wipes away all their instincts except to kill, and people just go fucking crazy. And there's one part where they theorize, like, the main character's just like, they're like trying to figure out what it was, and the main character's just like, well, what does it matter that we know what this is? It, it, it might be just the machine in a garage somewhere sending out this signal over and over again. It doesn't matter. Like, all that matters is that we're here. And I like the fact that, like, they, they get to, they're like, we gotta get up there and destroy the projector, and that'll stop it. And then they get up there, and they, they find in the projection booth, they're like, there's no one up here. There's no people. There's just this machine, which now you're like, yeah, the fucking, what is a projectionist? Yeah. Um, but I, I just like this, the, the idea that they don't, like, they don't bother getting bogged down with, like, um, you know, it's an ancient curse cast upon us by Nostradamus. It's just well, like, it's almost like by having that stuff in the movie that they're watching, it's kind of mocking that. Like that's what in, I'm saying. You know, in a it, way, it inverts it's like, that. Like it's it's like we're not gonna. You know, you demons are th- these demons are aren't gonna come from a curse or from Nostradamus or whatever. They're just fucking here, and this machine made them. Well, it, and the way that they sort of only let that out and fits and spurts in the movie anyway like we don't get to see all of the movie in the movie it, it's almost like demons in a way is kind of criticizing the need for this huge i mean no one cares right like we don't need to know they're in the theater and there's demons yeah yeah that's it that's all you really get that's all you need and and it's not the the it's the effects of them turning into the demons which are suitably gross and disgusting and it's the fear of them sort of in a trap space and that's about it and and um the movie they're watching it's nostradamus's tomb is that a rap group who's oh my god um and to be fair it uh, there is a bit of uh, so the two things that were distracted have always been distracted about this movie one who the fuck cares about nostradamus like like yeah yeah the fact that in the movie that's Oh no, drops. And then, then, then the the okay, three things. There's okay. Who the fuck cares about Nostradamus? Then, if I was any, let's say we're out somewhere. Okay, it's nighttime. Well, this is already unbelievable. But in this in this fantasy world, it's nighttime. Yeah, we're yeah. Out. We're wandering around. Let's say we go over to Easton Cemetery. Okay. We decide we're gonna have a spoopy night. Okay. Um, we're gonna go over to Easton Cemetery and do some spoopy things. Okay. And we see a fucking we see an indication that maybe. Uh, the Judy, the Jamaican psychic, is born is buried in Easton Cemetery. You guys remember Judy? She's Jamaican. She's going to tell you about your future. She's dead. She's buried in Easton Cemetery. She's buried in Easton Cemetery. We're not even going to go find her fucking tomb. Let alone when we get there, go. We should pry this open. We should dig it up. We should dig <laughs> this up. What's in there? The, the, not only are they wandering around these. These they're ruins. They're not in a cemetery, so it doesn't make even. It's a castle. Sense. It's a fucking they're, castle. They're fucking ruins. They see something. That's a quote from Nostradamus. And then one guy just says, I hear Nostradamus is buried around here. The other guy goes, well, I guess we're going to fucking look for it then. Like, if, I, if, if you were like, you could literally be like, I hear there's a million dollars in a fucking vase. And all we got to do is smash the vase. You want to look for it? I'd be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you hear? You hear there's a million dollar vase. 
give a fuck about that. Come on. Yeah. You know, you put the million dollars in the vase. Okay, let's go find the vase. But I'm not. So this guy's just like, I hear Nostradamus is buried around here. And the other guy's like, that sounds good. And meanwhile, there there are two women with them who were like, they're on a double date. These women are like, you are not getting fucked tonight. Like, whatever happens. It's the worst double date in the world. And they're like, no, let's keep going. We're going to do this. And it takes them fucking forever. To find it, too. It's not like then they find it. They, like, wander around on the screen for they a while. They descend into, like, a pit. They get to this fucking dank hole. <laughs> they find it, and then they go, well, now, now we got to pry it open. What? You, you know, I, I, I don't even understand the people who go to a tombstone to, like, get the, you know, you put the paper on it, and you scrape it. I get together. that. It's not my thing, but I get it. I don't get it. And I certainly don't get doing that and then going, let's pry this fucker open. No, those are worlds apart. One is, <laughs> they seem related to me. One is a hobby. The other is deeply unsettling. <laughs> they pry it open, right? And there's no body. So already they were wrong because he's not buried there. Yeah. What is buried there is a mask and a book. Now, again, this is in the movie, in the movie. And they're like, oh, look, a mask and a book. Let's pull them out. And the dude, they, here they are. It's a dirt covered, wrapped in a fucking cheesecloth mask. And my man is like in a tomb. In a tomb, they found it in a they tomb. Broke open. They broke open. They were grave robbers. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna put this on. Let me put this mask on." And yeah. the other guy's like, "Oh, this is he, this is a literal line from the movie. Oh, this is a line. I can't read it. Oh wait, no. Yeah. Oh no, I can. That's what he says. I'm not. That's not a joke. Yeah, that's yeah. what he literally says." The more I talk about it, the more I realize my man is fucking with us because there is no moment like that in the actual movie. There's no, no, there's a mask, but the mask has no deep, it's just sitting on a motorcycle. It's nothing could be less if, if, if there's something very sort of weird and sanctimonious about breaking open a tomb and finding a mask in a tomb and then putting it, there's nothing weird about being like, we're at a movie thing and there's a mask on this thing. We're at it, yeah. We're, it's we're, slightly weird that someone put it on, but not that no, weird. No, but she did it to like, ooh, I'm scaring yeah, you. Yeah, it's just a mask. Yeah. The idea that you dug a mask where you thought you are by the way, going to find human bones. Not just any human bones. <laughs> Nostradamus. Nostradamus. You're going to find his fucking bones and what, make a soup? What are you going to do yeah. with those bones? You're going to make a necklace? You're going to be fucking... Tell the future? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. Anyways, so I think there's that. There's a layer of humor going on there that kind of is then played off. So here's a movie that just can't stop trying to explain it to you. By the way, which eventually devolves from what little we see of the movie into stabbings what does stabbings have to do with and they're demons? in a tent they're in a tent there's a there's a long tent scene yeah i think eventually the movie doesn't i think all the stuff that matters about the movie on the screen is not even that they're talking about nostradamus it's almost the joke of like look how deep they're going to explain the mythos here's our mythos they're demons she goes to the bathroom she doesn't feel good no no she doesn't feel good she goes to the bathroom now she's a demon now we're just gonna have this happen for a while yeah and we get nothing else. Like, one of the major characters is a blind man who's there with his daughter, I think. And I think we learn it's his daughter eventually. Yeah. It's not clear at first. She's just there. And then she's, you know, making out with a dude. Yeah. Who's that dude? Do they know each other? Or does she just meet random men in movie theaters to make out? Next to her blind father. Next to her blind father. It doesn't make any sense. But, like, it. what is amazing about this movie, um, way more, I think, than the second one, is that it doesn't have to. That it it, it sort of puts you on this trip. Uh, again, I think this is what a movie like what I was describing earlier with Rock City Rush is trying to do. It puts you on this 
train of style and and intensity and feeling that you never stop and go like so who is that who's this person you don't need to know yeah you don't need all this stuff now granted for some people they hate that especially if you're looking for a narrative and it's something we've said before that a horror movie gets scarier when you care about the characters or you have some sort of drama and i think that's true but demons is telling a different kind of story that's almost entirely atmospheric and it doesn't really matter that you don't emotionally connect to these folks really yeah the only uh, so let me back up what i was saying before and i never got to finish the only other thing that has always bothered me about this movie is the red-headed ticket taker so okay (laughs) we're introduced to a dude who's handing out tickets and he's got a fucking mass face you know he's spooky half his face is metal it doesn't make any sense uh he has not taken his mask off so to speak um and he hands out the tickets. He's spooky. And later on, we learn he's he's a bad dude. Yeah. But when you get to the theater, there's someone taking the tickets. So then it, sh- it seems like she would be in on it as well. Yeah. But almost immediately when shit hits the fan, she's just a bystander. And eventually, she gets turned into a demon. This is a thing that happens in other films from Italy. The, that giallos often have a character who is very menacing and who, through their menace, you think, oh, that person's probably the bad person. Yeah. And then at some point, they just get unceremoniously murdered, and you're like, okay, that's not them. That's fine. And and the inclination might be to say, that's called Liam. Liam, that's called a red herring. Only every clue, quote-unquote, that this person is bad is not an actual clue. It's the way they're filmed. Yeah, it's yeah. actually film clues, which is not really... A, a red herring is... You have context of a mystery, and in the context of the mystery, the clues point towards a character, which I'm only doing as the writer to distract you. As a film technique, there's no reason for all these long takes of this red hair. I mean, she's attractive, so I guess that's one reason. But there's long takes of her just staring menacingly at everyone. She's just walking around staring at her. And if she's not evil... Why is she so mean? She just seems to be just. She's very. Um, she, she cannot wait for everyone to die. Yeah, but apparently she can because she's not in as, on it. As she's, soon as things go off, she's like, "Oh my god, this is scary. We're in trouble now." Yeah, man, dude, how are you not on Team Demon? I don't understand. This happens has happened in other movies, but for me, this is the most obvious example of it because there's so little context for the other characters that the the filmic cues you are given that she is menacing are as much information as you're given about anyone. So as far as you're concerned, that's all the information you need. I mean, until the end of the movie, she has as much context as Metal Face Guy. Yeah, yeah. He could have just been a dude. He just hand, He's just handing out tickets. What's wrong with him? He's just got part of his face in metal. Nothing wrong with that. It's interesting. We, you know, it was it was fun seeing that, like how you know they they build it up as her. She's this like sexy red haired seductress, and then it's like, oh no, when 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 shit goes down, she um. It's just meat for the beast. It, it's the only part of so that, like we said, in some ways, it feels like maybe something's missing from the movie. Um, but I don't think so. I think it's like a thing. The only place where it feels like maybe something really is is her character. Like any scene that sort of suggests that she was hired or that gives you anything would explain. And and it's I guess it's the amount of time we get a lot of screen time of atmospheric shots yes. of this lady. And we don't get the same thing. There, there aren't that many shots of, like, Pimp Man, you know? There aren't that many shots of, like, 
awkward dudes trying to score. You know yeah. what I mean? The, uh, angry couple. You know, the, these are the actual characters in the movie. There's yeah. an angry couple. There's couple making out, but you get the feeling that they're like kind of innocent. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, there's other like face. Also, when shit hits the fan, there seems to be a lot more people in this movie theater than we've clearly established at the beginning of the movie. Like, there's when, a lot of like red shirts in the movie theater who like when the movie starts, it feels like we're these are tw- there's twenty people at the movie. Yeah. At a certain point. There's 20 demons and 20 people being killed by demons. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What more fucking people? Nobody works here but red-haired girl. I don't understand what's going on. All the snacks are vending machines. Shitty vending machines, too. This is the other thing. And then I'll shut up because I've been talking too much. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have other things to say. This theater sucks. <laughs> a, no snack bar. Vending machines. Fuck you. If I walked into a theater and they were like, we don't have, we don't have a snack bar, but if you want to get something out of the vending machine... Oh, idiot. No, I don't want to get something out of the vending machine. Why don't you eat shit? That's not a thing. A yeah. vending machine in a movie theater is offensive. Then they get in the movie theater. It's a big movie theater. Like, that seems impressive. Almost like it would be like a movie palace. Only movie palaces don't have shitty wood seats. Terrible. The worst That would seats be I've at your seen. local, like, baseball state. Like, yeah. imagine where the kids play Little League, but like the ni- slightly nicer Little League. These seats are not as good as those seats. It's like the, they're like the seats we're sitting in right now. Yeah, they're just crappy folding wood seats in a giant. It's a huge amphitheater style in the movie middle of a, in the middle of a city. Yeah, and it's a fancy building, and they go down the steps. That seems like a thing. Yeah, there's numerous. There's at least two theaters in the theater, two cinemas. Nah, I don't fucking know. Screens is fine. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But no snack bar. And wood seat. There's not even a cushion on the fucking... It's just wood, folding wood seat. Yeah, it's terrible. If you were a large person, fuck you. You're not going to fit. <laughs> I, sure. This is small. They're small seats. They're very small seats, yeah. I just could not... I don't... I, I, I've seen this movie at least five times. And for some reason, this is the first time watching it, I went, what is going on with these fucking seats? I mean, it. let's be clear, though. There's a certain moment where they rip up all the seats to use as a barricade. Possibly, if they were comfy seats, it'd be harder to do that. So I guess I, I guess it's yeah. Fair. I guess that's fair. Can we talk about some of the more fantastic elements of this movie? Sure. What, what are you feeling? Uh, like the fact that there's, at one point there's a man riding a motorcycle through a theater, wielding a samurai sword, and then a helicopter <laughs> falls through the ceiling. Okay, look. Let's cover a few things at a time here. One, w- they walk into the theater, and there's a center display that i think is again one of the more 80 part 80s parts of the movie which is like how do we establish that this theater is badass we're gonna put a fucking uh a fucking samurai mannequin on a on a dirt bike yeah not a motorcycle dirt bike i'm sorry he's on a goddamn dirt bike which at a certain point one of the least believable parts of the movie is this kid is staring at dirt bike and he's like fantastic like he's like so he's looking at it the way like a 40 year old man looks at a Ferrari or at like his babysitter. Like he's like fucking drooling or it's just a dirt bike. Y'all like, it's not even like a good dirt bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a dirt bike and there's a mannequin on it and it has a samurai sword, but you gotta be a doofus if you're watching this movie and you see that bike and the sword and don't go, well, those are, those go together. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to come up. That's a thing. That's it. That's Chekhov's gun right there. Um, so at a certain point, yeah, he gets... And now, logistically, that whole scene doesn't make any sense. No. 
There's no reason for him to even be on that motorcycle. It doesn't help. Because it doesn't do anything. He just rides around the, the theater like five or six times, and yeah. then it just, that's it. I don't think yeah. he kills any real demon. I think he chops like one of their heads off. Yeah, he doesn't need a motorcycle for that. No, they don't escape with the motorcycle. And then there's a literal Deus Ex Machina. If Deus Ex Machina meant a helicopter falls through the ceiling. I believe that Deus Ex Machina is Greek for ceiling helicopter. <laughs> it just falls through the ceiling. Like, they're fucked. They're not getting out of this theater. There's no way out of the theater. The demons are just going to get them. There's only two people left. And then a helicopter falls through the th- ceiling, and suddenly... And it's not even just at a helicopter. But my And my man goes into it. He goes into the helicopter. He's like, hold on. Because the helicopter falls, and she doesn't. She's not like... It's our way out. She's like, fuck, the, the world is uh, is a vampire. What, 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 is, what is going on? And he's just like, give me give me a sec. Hey, hey, give me a sec. Goes in the helicopter, pushes corpse. There's corpses. Pushes, yeah, yeah. Pushes them out of the way. Goes in the helicopter. Because he fucking knows there's a grappling hook in there. Mm-hmm. How does he know? Helicopters don't just come standard with a fucking Batman grappling hook. Gun to shoot said grappling hook. Yeah. Winch on front of helicopter so that grappling hook becomes elevator system. But that's that's what happens. Yeah. And, and that's how they get out of the theater. Only to find Metal Face McGee on top of the theater. What the fuck is he doing up there? It just adds to the whole... The whole movie feels like a fucking dream. The whole movie has this like weird dreamlike logic to it. But it's also like... It's a dream, but it's not like a dream like a Yodorowsky movie. It's not like no, a no. dream. It's, it's not a, even a dream like Suspiria is at times a dream. It's a dream like a comic book. It's the a dream. movie is a comic book. It's a dream like It Follows is a dream. No, I would say It Follows even has more. This movie, it's just, it's a, it, it has a dreamlike quality to it, but it's a badass. Again, they get off the building right yeah and the first thing that they find besides the fact that there are demons everywhere is a family in a jeep where our boy bob is wielding a shotgun like it's so again it's so 80s dirt bikes samurai swords pimps 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 who get bit on the leg and then strangled by a dude who already hung himself who now has like climbed up the thing oh, he didn't hang himself someone hanged him but yeah, he's yeah. hung then as a demon he climbed up the rope and then he's gonna fall and be hung and bit at the same time like it's just a, i mean again it's like a 80s teenage fantasy it's yeah. just like yeah and then the demons and then the thing and we're gonna do whatever and there's no. punks and they're sniffing coke out of a coke can fuck this movie it just i mean well it just when i, when I say it's a dream i, I mean it, it just it, it just sort of when I the comparison to it follows, I was thinking more about the end scene of it follows with the you know where you have the dream where you just go to a large sure. empty sure. building in town that just doesn't exist. Like this just seems like the kind of dream where you'd have it's like oh yeah no there's there's a a weird nondescript building in the middle of town and then at the end of it there's going to be like we're going to find guns because a weird family in a jeep is going to bring them to us. Side note, um, it didn't occur to me till now. How does that helicopter even fall through the fucking roof? It, that's not important. Every shot we get of the building, there's no flat roof on this fucking building. Where does a f- helicopter go? How does this even happen? I put, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. I put to you, was this, were there, like, because when they get out, there, there are demons, like, all over the city. Yeah. How, how did that happen? Oh, you just weren't paying attention. No. You weren't paying attention. You don't remember? When the punks get in. 
Oh, the one demon, gets, demon out. gets out. Yes, yes. And the cops find it, and he fucks up them cops. And you know, oh. like, oh, those cops, he fucks them up, but they're going to become demons. See, I had thought that maybe the, this was happening at, like, other places where they were like... No, no, no. This well, was, this was, you think this was, like, ground zero? So, I think it's both. I think that the movie sets up in movie logic that a demon gets out, and now there's more demons. Yeah. The way that it spreads so quickly, such that Bob from the House by the Cemetery is now on a rampage with his Australian father, and they're just yeah. shooting things. No, there's no reason for it to be at that level. But at that point, no one... they've The helicopter's already come to the ceiling, man. We're in dreamland. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm, yeah. It's, it's, it, I mean, there's a point where they find a room. They, they break through, and there's like a whole part of the building they didn't know was there. And they're exploring this part of the building, and they end up in a room that's a brick room. Yeah. And for some reason, not the demons, not the death all around them, not the blind man who apparently has had his eye sockets ripped out, even though he was already blind. Why, why are we doing this? None of these things make the women lose it. But when they end up in a room that they think should be the exit, and it's just a brick room... All four women in the room... They go into vapors and hysterics. Go into hysterics. And then the camera just zips around the room... I like that. Like, possession style. Just... And I'm just like... But again, it it sort of goes into your point. This is... At this point in the movie, we are just in a crazy dream. Yeah. And nothing... I mean, even the gag of... Oh, I hear banging. It must be... Or I hear a gunshot. It must be our saviors. It must be here, people here to save us. Let's move the barriers so that they can come in and save us. And our four sort of characters that we're the most attached to are the only ones who go, no, that's, don't fucking do that. That's a bad idea. Yeah. What you're doing is bad. What is, what does the, there's a scene where the one girl, the one of the four characters we think is going to make it, she turns into a demon Right. She says something to the... I forget what the fuck she says. I wish I would have written it down. But it's this really weird thing that's like... It's not quite like... I'm not going to think of it. And I feel like an asshole for even bringing it up. But she says something as she's... like, Because like, their eyes go first. Like They first... They, they turn that like weird reddish-brown color. And she's still in like... She, you just see her eyes like turn this color. And she like turns to the rest of the cast. And she says something along the lines of like do you care about her or something like that? That's like really like, it's not quite like an evil dead where she's like, you know, where they're like mocking, you know, the demons like mocking Ash for caring about his friends. It's, it's, it's far more surreal than that. Um, but that was the part of the movie that I, I thought was like, again, further enforced by the dream, by the, the, the dream logic of it all. Yeah. There's a lot of, what I think happens is as the movie ramps up, Things get a little more crazy, and uh, that it kind of stops mattering in a way. Yeah, yeah. Which again isn't to say the movie is bad; quite the opposite. Um, but there is a there is a sort of feeling that by the end, when Bob blows away our man's girlfriend, it's not his real girlfriend, but you know, does does he die or does she die? She dies. So she turns at the last part of the film. She turns and Bob just yes, blows her yes. ass away. And our man just keeps going like, well, this is the world we live in now. And I think at that moment, it's like, 
the end thing of the film is like we're in a whole other this is a whole other deal yeah yeah it, it it's it's you know we're we're in mad max basically like we're just in this whole other sort of craziness now yeah so i don't know it's it's there's a hint of something more going on with the movie in a movie but demons isn't interested in exploring uh questions around you know being an audience watching participating as a watcher um or about uh the ways that film sort of infect our lives or there's so many questions you could be a movie in a movie especially one that is affecting the, the quote-unquote real world yeah or whatever it gives a lot of opportunities for a lot of things and some of that is going on but it's really just an aesthetic thing demons is just not interested in in that it's more like we're gonna play this fucking thing at 11 and we're gonna start and it's just gonna keep going crazy and by the time it's over you're just like wow okay it's it's funny that the standout scene of this is is punks sniffing coke cocaine mm-hmm. out of a cocaine because that's this whole movie is that mm-hmm. and i don't mean that in a way that like it's like oh man like sharknado is like uh, it's cranked up to 11 like this movie is like it, it's it's not like an out of control ride Sure. It's more like a um if you got in a car with someone in like a souped up vehicle yeah. and got on the highway and did like a hundred and thirty. Yeah. And you were like terrified out of your mind. Yeah. And you just kept going though and then like two hours later there's like that was a fucking crazy ride, wasn't it? Like that's what this movie is. It's just like Well it, it's effective. All those other sort of movies, whether you like them or not. They're not effective. No, they're just like throwing shit at a wall. Whereas Demons is actually like it's it it establishes a mood and it establishes a look early on and it it maintains that and it keeps ratcheting up this these insane qualities that are just like fuck it yeah sure we'll go further down the rabbit hole like now there's a motorbike riding around you know look all this insane shit it just works in a way that a lot of movies don't. Do you want to talk about the Demons franchise now or after we take a break and we start Demons too? You can tell people. I mean, so we're about to do Demons 2, which I think is the most official. Yeah, but then there was... Um, sequel. But then there was... So, I posted this on the Horror Business Instagram. So the sequels, there were actually eight sequels. Uh, there was the official one that we're going to do, and then there was one that Lumberto Bava did called Demons 3, The Ogre, which is not connected to this other movie. And then there was Demons 3, also known as The Church, which was produced by Dario Argento. And then Argento wanted to be the third Demons movie, but the director was like, no, I want my film to be standalone. I want it to be serious. I won't have it connected to these other trash films. And then there was a uh, Umberto Lenzi movie, Black Demons. And then there was The Devil's Daughter, also known as The Sect. And then there was The Mask of the Demon, a.k.a. The Devil's Veil. Then there was The Black Cat, a.k.a. From the Deep. And then just weirdly tacked on there, also released as Demons 95, Cemetery Man. So while not as well known as the La Casa series or the zombie series, this is one that has an extensive catalog. of The Italians have struck again with their attaching of films to an initial film uh, and marketing it as a sequel as such, which I think is like a weird, just but fascinating phenomenon. Yeah, I mean, it's partly just a result of loose copyright laws 
but I think it's also a cultural phenomenon that people just accept, like, that they don't, in America, a lot of times, at least recently, sequels need characters from the other film, and it they need beats. They need to recreate whole scenes from the first movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Europe, they're just kind of like, I don't know, this is La Casa, whatever. Was it? Was any people from the old Lacazzo? No, no, it's just. This also occurs in a house. Yeah, well, what do you want? Oh, it's a, the, the house. That's the name of the movie is The House. There's a house there. there so. Are they not in a house? That's crazy. That's some crazy shit. It is. So we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about 1986's, I wasted no time with that, 1986's Demons 2, also directed by Lamberto Bava. We'll be right back. back to talk about 1986's Demons 2. Demons 2. Which was... This time with uh, 100%, 100%, more, 100% more demons. 100% this, more Smiths. Oh, yes, yes. And the cult. The cult. There's a lot of cult in it, too. 
so this one was uh, Lamberto Bava had a writing credit in this as well, but it was also um, I believe it was like a story was by uh, Dario Argento. Um, the plot of this one is just imagine the first one, but it takes place in an apartment instead of a uh, movie theater. Um, the one thing that about this movie that really starts off in a way that I think is like really creepy, arguably the creepiest thing about this movie is I'm not sure if it's a separate movie that they're watching, but or or, or if it's we're seeing the events of the first film that they're watching that as a movie. Because their 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 characters are in this like apartment, this tenement building, and they're watching this movie that are about like the demon plague was barely contained. Even now, there are parts of the cities that man can cannot go into. So I don't know if that's referencing the events of the first movie, and if it's like a movie, if that's the movie within the movie. Well, it seems to be. It's weird because it's already different because the first movie is about. A theater, and so it plays off some of those themes of being in that space. Yeah, yeah. This is about TV, but what yeah. everyone is watching on TV feels like a BBC documentary. Like it, this that's what I'm saying. This is what's weird about it. And then what's what's weird about it as a kind of BBC documentary is that what's ha- so the the voiceover sounds like a documentary, but then what's happening in the movie in the movie feels like fiction it's very cinematic yeah it's weird it's- you know what it feels like almost what was that what was the in we when we did our found footage movie episode what was the weird english f- um oh uh what is that called yeah ghost something I don't know. The TV show is like a Hollywood yeah, 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 special. yeah, yeah. But it's it, it almost felt like that. But it's not because that has people talking to the camera. It has whatever. This doesn't have that. It's like it literally feels like someone took a nature narrative, <laughs> like a like a like a Earth, like a David Attenborough thing. David Attenborough, but he's talking over a horror movie because there's multicams and there's people who are clearly acting. Yeah, and yeah. Nothing about it is filmed like a documentary, except for then there's this voiceover that's like a documentary. Yeah. And I don't know if that was added for the English version or not. Like, this is the part of the thing is that, like, is Demons 2, some Italian movies, a lot of them, are, uh, or at least in, in this genre, are just dubbed English from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Italian subtitles. But is there an Italian version of this movie? And does the Italian version of this movie have the narrative or not? Or did they add the narrative because they're like, well, international audiences might not have seen Demons 1. Hmm. So we're going to add this in so they have context for what demons are. Even though you don't need that fucking context. But this is what I'm saying. This is what's crazy about it is that in some ways, Demons 2 is the exact same movie as Demons 1. Only in Demons 1, the context set by the movie is completely superfluous. Yeah. It almost is in conflict. It's almost like the movie's stupid. And... (laughs) the movie you're watching is much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this one, it really is like, okay, look, we just need you to know what's going on with these demons. So we're just going to do a bunch of shit to explain what demons are in the movie in a movie, and then we'll just set up who our characters are in the building. Yeah, yeah. And even the building, it just feels, it feels like a less relevant setting doing it in the movie theater is like iconic like it makes a certain amount of yeah, sense yeah. this is like 
Also, modern apartment buildings suck. <laughs> what? What do you mean? What's going on? Why are they in this apartment? What's what's happening? Yeah. And again, it sort of is not clear in the sense of like, is this the whole, um, like you were kind of describing, is it that in this world, Demons is a movie, and everyone in this movie is watching a sequel to Demons? So they're watching Demons too. They're watching Demons too. That's fucking that's amazing. How Demons come into their world. That's insane. Or is the demon phenomena happening everywhere? Like the way this is filmed, it could literally be this apartment building, right? Is where people live now after the demons have destroyed the world. And that's why it has all this security and stuff and whatever, whatever. This is one of the places people live in a post-demons world. Yeah, but then there's just people out in the street walking around. I know. None of, that's what I'm trying to say, though. None of this shit makes... <laughs> it, they don't, it doesn't make sense. And they've almost sort of established that it doesn't have to make sense. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, I, I assume what's going on is well, people are watching demons. It feels like people are watching demons, too, on their TVs. And then through that, actual demons come into the world, just like they're watching a movie and whatever. But then the voiceover doesn't make sense. Like the the the, the what I'm trying to say is the the wrench in the machine. Okay, is the fucking voiceover on the movie that they're watching on TV? Because the voiceover makes it sound like this is a real thing that happened. Yeah. Why would you do that? I don't know why they do that. It's it bothered me since I first saw this. I don't know. I mean, either way the scene where the demon enters our world their world that is really creepy yep that that like much of this this movie really lacks the dreamlike quality that has that the first movie is just fucking dripping with right but that scene where the demon is like you know the like the main character the first person to become a demon i believe her name is sandy sure she's like watching this 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 documentary and the demon's like chasing someone and it runs and it stops in the frame and it's like looking around and it like slowly turns to look look at the viewer and then it like walks up to the fucking right up to the camera and then you see the the way they, they, they had the effect was that the TV screen was like elastic and they were projecting the, this image onto it and then there was a person behind the screen pressing it, it was the same the, the same actor I believe pressing their face out against it so it was like stretching out like videodrome almost and that felt like you know like we've like I, I i've had nightmares before where i'll be watching like a documentary on like alien abductions or like bigfoot or something and it'll be like they'll be talking and I'll, I'll, I'll be seeing something on the tv like um like for example i've never told anyone this before in my life but i had a nightmare when i was a little kid that i was watching like an episode of unsolved mysteries where they found a dead alien on the shore of this lake and they were like taking a picture of it like the guys were like holding it up by its arms and the aliens were, like laying there and all of a sudden the alien like, lifted its head up and looked at it at the camera. And I remember being like, that's not supposed to be happening. And that's how this felt was like, you're like having a nightmare where you, you're helpless to look away. And then it just, that's, it comes to the TV and infects her and then all hell breaks loose. Um, before watching this for this episode, I had always been like a fan of this movie. I don't think I liked this movie as much as I thought I did. It's not as good as the first one. No, it's really not. Okay, let, let's start with the positives, though. I think that um, the woman who is the first demon is fine. She's great. I think she works. Yeah. And I think our man, Tony the Pimp, <laughs> he's back. he comes back. He's a workout guy. Hank the workout trainer. 
Hank is great. Yeah. Hank gets everyone organized to fight the demons, and that whole thing is fine. Yeah. Um, the one of our main characters is a pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. And there's another character who's a who's a lost kid. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time with this kid, watching him try to get away from demons. And then the kid shows up to threaten the pregnant woman. As a demon. As a demon. Yeah. Doesn't work. It's no. bad. It's, it's very, yeah. It's, I just think with horror, it's, people find it really effective to work children into horror. Like, I'm being really edgy right now and having this kid in this movie. Yeah. And if you don't do it right, it is the exact opposite. It's like, okay, yeah, it's a scary kid. Cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Scary kid. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Um, I also think the demon effects are a little less cool in this movie. Yeah, they try to recreate the weird... Um, and this is symptomatic. This, this this speaks of this whole movie, because this whole movie is just... It's the, it's the exact same beats as the first one, but just not as... Not hitting as hard. Well, it feels rushed. Like, yes. You, you were about to say the, the, the weird glowy eyes. Yeah, it doesn't work as well in this one. Well, they're trying to recreate a singular... The fact that when the demons come up the steps at the movie theater in the first movie... It's iconic. That's an iconic scene. Backlit and the eyes. But that's a fucking miracle. Like, I can't believe that shot works. That is one of the most insane scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. And then, in this movie, they try to do it again. It doesn't... It just looks corny. It fails spectacularly. And and that is this whole movie is that, um... I actually... I actually think they should have just gone with a traditional sequel. This guy's in the Jeep. Where's he going? What's going on with that dude? What's Bob up to? But instead they're like, well, no, we're just going to re, you know, they're watching demons too. And that's the demons coming to the world. And the symbolism of the party eighties in this apartment building, it doesn't work. No. Um, the soundtrack doesn't work. I mean, it has oh. the, the fucking Smiths on it. It's bad. It's, it's corny. Um, again, I think them in the garage fighting the demons, it works at first. I think it kind of is like the sort of central thing, but they do it forever. It's so, fighting these demons for so long, yeah. and and it's a it's it's less noticeable in the first movie that you have way more people than you have in the movie. Yeah, in this movie, it's like I get it; they're in apartment buildings, so there could be lots of people. But you're shown so many characters for like two seconds. Like, yes. Quickly care about this person so I can kill them. <laughs> okay, go ahead, now they're dead. Yeah. And, it, it's, and then our central characters, I just found them, ble- the pregnant lady's boring. She's, she's boring. She's not interesting. Her husband sucks. Her husband is the worst. And yeah, I get it. Like, it's affecting because she's pregnant. And I don't want her, I don't want a pregnant lady to get hurt. It's cheap though. It's so cheap. It's very cheap. The only part that is cheap but kind of works for me is the climax when they fucking rappel down the side of the building. I just thought that was so dumb that I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Go. But it certainly, this is the thing. It's dumb that our man rides a motorcycle around the movie theater. But, but it's fun and exciting. With the internal non-logic of the movie, it works. But there's no moment as exciting even the, with the car. So there's a point they're fighting these demons in the garage and one dude just goes nuts. He's just whipping his car. He's just whipping the car around. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's no stakes. It doesn't, it's not exciting. Yeah. There's no big exciting set piece. I, I mean, 
here's what it has to be, and I don't know this for a fact, but it feels like it's probably true, that this movie was rushed and it didn't have the budget it needed. No, not at all. And also, our man didn't have any great ideas. There's no cool ideas in this movie that aren't in the first movie. No. In, in my mind, that aren't in the first movie. Even if there's parts of this movie that are still fun. It's not a terrible film. But it doesn't bring anything to do. No, it, 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 like, I, like I said before, it really is just the same beats, just not as hard. Um I, I, the only the uh, the only real I think that the movie within the movie is better in this one. I kind of like it, but like, that, but that kind of works against it. Like, then it ends up being like, uh, so the in demons, I don't want to watch that movie. It's yeah, a yeah, stupid movie. I'd rather be watching the movie I'm watching. Yeah, in this, it's like, so what? Are, what are they doing now? Yeah, what's going on with them? That's been a little more interesting. And that's you don't want that. That's not what you want. Oh, also, I'm confused. Why is there a voiceover? What's going yeah. on? The, uh, you want to talk about big mistakes made within the movie, within the movie, just a little uh, tangent. Um, if we were out and about and we found a demon corpse on the ground, getting the fuck out of there. They're just like, oh, look, a demon. We're going to be rich. It's also weird because... The demon just comes back for no reason. Like no, the girl bleeds on it. Does she? Did she get cut? Some, how does that happen? From the mask. They do the mask gimmick again. No, she cut her hand on the nail. I don't know. I should yeah. look. I should look that up. The. I just think this movie is not as great. No, no, not at all. It, it's 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 um. They do one smart thing, and we sort of hinted at it, but let me actually name it. They brought. Tony back. Yes. That's not the actor's name, obviously. And they give him way more to do. They actually build up his role, which is not a small role in Demons. And in this movie, they give him more to do. And I think that's a good thing. But, you know, he can only shoot Demons with a double barrel shotgun for so long before you're like, all right. Okay. They also brought back the lead punk as a security guard. It doesn't matter. Nothing (laughs) about that matters. No, I'm... I'm obviously kidding. Even the trapped in an elevator... There are people trapped in an elevator. Super corny. Doesn't go anywhere. Super fucking corny. Um, no, I like it's 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 startling how how little I enjoyed this movie this time around. Have you ever watched it directly after Demons before? No, that's probably part of it. Probably it's like you know, on its own, it's just a fun horror movie. Yeah, it's not terrible, but it doesn't. There's just something really magical about demons and by magical i don't mean uh, whimsy and wonder i mean it's strange that it works so well it shouldn't work as well no as no i mean it, it 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 goes it's hard to explain without like it's hard to really because ex- when you say oh these people are in a movie theater and people start entering demons like it sounds like really dumb almost but it's like I don't know, there's just something haunting about that first movie at times. Like, the way it's lit at times. Like, especially the bathroom scene, how, like, it, there are no windows, but it feels like you're seeing the light from dusk in there. No, that's what I'm saying. All the color tricks he uses that, again, remind me of Suspiria. None of that shit is in two. There's none of that in two. There's no effect in two. There's no emotional effect in two. Everything is just shot. It's just a straight movie. And in a way, I wonder if that's supposed to represent TV. No, there's no way. There's no way that's what Bava was going for. I guess. I was trying to give him some credit. Yeah, I know. I know you were. So I that's Demons 2, I guess. 
ended on, I hate that it ended on such a bummer note, but it's better than Demons 3. Any of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I might like The Church more than this movie. Really? I need to rewatch it. I've only seen The Church once, and I had a good memory of it, but it's been a long time. I watched The Church recently, and uh, I do like the. There's the guy in the beginning, the manic priest, who's like, that the devil spawn. Look, they've trodden upon the cross. Kill them. Kill them all. It's. I don't know. A little crazy guy in the in, back in the mi- Middle Ages. Yeah. But have you ever, have you ever seen like uh, Black Demons or the Ogre or anything like that? No. <sighs> Man, they make this movie look like a god like a goddamn masterpiece. When Italian films go wrong, and they they go very wrong. I still would take it over Rampage, though. That's just me. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Well, that was Demons. Demons two. Sorry we were light on Demons 2, but there's, you know... There's not much to go on. White people dancing. To the Smiths. Apparently people, uh, white people put on the cult and dance. Yeah. Move their heavy-ass Coke uh, coffee tables. Take pi- take there. take group pictures of each other. Yeah, it, it looked like the corniest party. That was a thing in the 80s. My parents used to... Well, my mom used to do shit like that back in the 80s. Yeah. I, I, I remember that. So... All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, we'll be back soon. Hopefully, we have an episode coming up we're trying to get with a special guest. Um, so that should be fun. Like literal special guest. I don't want to. I don't want to say it until it's actually confirmed. Is it Jackie Torrance? No, it's not Jackie Torrance. We're not getting. We're not getting Jane Levy on here. Um, if you want to hear more episodes, we are on Stitcher and iTunes, or you can go to www.cinepunks.com for this and. Several other great podcasts. We just added a new podcast to the family, Wine and Cheese, with my man Joey Breeding. It's a great new podcast you can check out. I didn't. I don't have the taglines available that he suggested, but there's like there's like a dozen clever taglines for that. What were the? What were the? Um, it was like uh, it's like Wine and Cheese, uh, uh, cheesy movies and uh, and emotional music. Maybe someday they'll find the perfect pairing. Or um, do you like Bridget Jones' Diary? Neither do we, but listen anyway. The podcast not for cinephiles or punks, but close enough. They like good movies, but you'd never know it, and their taste in music is discernible at best. Listen to this week's wine, listen to this week's wine and cheese. You might regret it. Not for fans of quote-unquote films. Not for fans of music blogs. Kid-tested, Weird Al approved. That's a good one. Please silence your cell phones. We honestly don't talk about wine or cheese at all. Ever. <laughs> so you should check that out. Um... That's available at www.cinepunks.com. There's also information on how to donate to our Patreon there. Um, you can also find... We have a store there where you can buy shirts and cool stuff like that. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, be sure to give us a rating. Um, shoot us a message, let us know, and uh, we'll do something nice for you. And if you are on iTunes, remember, rate, review, subscribe. Download, download, download. I think that's it. Yeah, that's enough. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Don't talk, just listen. Under the black sun, there is no hope, only mystery. Wonder and danger. Black Sun Dispatches on the Cinefunks Podcast Network.